All right, tonight is Wednesday, November 17th. It's a Fantasy Finish Line podcast. Tonight we're talking about Week 11 in the NFL. We're going to preview some deviation from the ECR and the audio uh, statistically insignificant special edition is tonight. That's a nonsensically long name for a, a show. You've it was an absurdly long title. <laughs> I could use a little editing. Jason, joined as always by Dave, over to my right, your left. Anyways, tonight we are drinking some beers from uh, the Peach State yes. that we purchased in the Peach State. We and, were down there for the weekend. It was a good and, time. And pretty good. Uh, one of the uh, people that we are in a league with, uh, uh, Glenn, just got married this past weekend. I'm in three leagues with him. And we uh, celebrated... Uh, his marriage with with him, his new wife, and mountains and whiskey. Yeah. We <laughs> celebrated all of those things. It was fantastic. It was a really good time. Uh, happy to see everybody uh, from Drink 5 and elsewhere down at the show, at the wedding. I like the show. people from elsewhere. Well, I know it's more people, but, you know, that's fine. Anyways, what are you drinking over there, Dave? You have one of the sweet waters. I'm taking a picture from one of our photographers uh, uh, at the moment. Yeah, people on YouTube will, will see it. It doesn't come out weird at all. <laughs> hmm? Cheers. I don't understand what you're saying. I don't but, know. Uh, but yes, I am having a uh, fresh, double dry hopped, hazy and juicy Sweetwater Brewing Hazy IPA. Now, I've been Holy to crap. Sweetwater Brewing because I go down there for business every other year uh, in August and uh, occasionally in the fall. And I like their, um, what do you call it, like the like the Dank IPA. Um, okay. Uh, they have a couple different ones that are, uh, but the, the Hazy Juicy IPAs are getting super popular now everywhere. And I often like to drink those um, when we're doing a beer tasting that's earlier in the day. Uh, or even in the afternoon. Sure. They, they taste like orange juice beer, you know? like <laughs> Very tasty. Yes, good point. I right. have the um, Sweetwater 420 I- Imperial IPA. So it is 9% alcohol. I will probably just have the one this evening. But we've got a shot as well. Mm. Which I was looking around for earlier, and then I located. <laughs> well, that's good. It was quite the revelation. As, as Jason said, we're going to be talking about his uh, statistically insignificant column, uh, which is not always related directly to uh, fantasy points, but every time that we talk about it, whether it's online or offline, uh, it always relates to and interrelates with uh, fantasy-related items. I'll uh, try to. So, uh, I get close. So, yeah, I'm excited to hear what you have going. And, of course, this is all about things that happened uh, this previous week, uh, last Thursday to the Monday night game. Week 10, yes, week 10. Um, so, kicking it off, the best player of the week is a great place to start. This is one of my favorite uh, guys to write about in the last couple of years. Patrick Mahomes, he had 36.24 fantasy points this year. Um, that's his highest fantasy total in over a year. Last time he had that was week 8 of last season. So um, 
the Chiefs offense got back on track. They put up 41 points, um, and they played the Raiders, and it's a team that Patrick Mahomes loves to play. So they had this is the first of two games, obviously, against the Raiders this year because they're in the same division. Uh, the Raiders are the team that he has the absolute best stats against. Already going into this game, he had the most career passing yards and passing touchdowns against the Raiders over any other team in the league. Um, and he just made it way better. It's like he has more than like, 450 yards more than the next team, uh, like 20 touchdowns in his career against the Raiders versus, I think, 12 for the next highest number against the team. So uh, mm-hmm. very impressive by this guy. And then this was another cool stat about this. It was his third game with 400-plus yards and five-plus touchdowns. That ties the league lead um, all time. And the three guys who have also done that, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning, and Joe Montana. So basically he always beats up the Raiders, but because of his poor performances in the last couple of matches, uh, a lot of fantasy team managers were actually sitting him for this match, which, as it turns out, was the incorrect uh, the incorrect thing to do this yeah. particular yeah, week. Yeah, we actually uh, had a question last week. Asking us if we should if they should sit, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and we said no. Keep him in your lineup. Yeah, the answer so is. I'm very no. happy that looking in back in hindsight, that we don't have to uh, sit on the other side of that. And if you have, if someone was to ask that question, and they have multiple top tier quarterbacks, that the other question would be, why do you have so many top tier quarterbacks, uh, and and what do your running backs and wide wide receivers look like? Right, because there's no there's no reason for you to have three <clears throat> top ten quarterbacks to even have to make that decision. Um, I could see there being someone asking between uh, one of the quarterbacks that have really risen over the course of the year and another, but rostering more than than two quarterbacks in a one quarterback league is a decision that losers make. Jason, I would agree with you, Dave. Yeah. So we saw eight players with at least twenty carries. Um, this week, this past week. And this is something that we've picked up on before where um, generally either wide receivers or running backs are dominant in the first half of the year, and then the other group sort of picks up the slack in the second half of the year. Uh And generally I think it's wide receivers are dominant early and running backs are dominant late. Yeah, because the the units take a little while to become cohesive to that offensive line to make the right kinds of holes. Right. Yeah, I think it's mm-hmm. it, I think it's more complicated for an offensive line to have a running uh, like a positive running game over a long period of time, and I also think it's more complicated for the defensive backs to stop the wide receivers. So once both groups can kind of catch up, the balance shifts. So this is when we talk about uh, running backs injured in the second half of the season, uh, which we have we have been seeing and are seeing right now, uh, and picking up those players to fill in from the running back position on offenses that have good offensive lines. Uh, and there are a couple guys that we'll probably mention uh, tonight that fall under those categories uh, yeah. as well, um, could give you the victory in a lot of, uh, in a lot of different ways. Um, and you have those guys that if you were to pick them up because of uh, someone who is out for three weeks, four weeks, or the rest of the season, uh, could then uh, drive you to the championship. Like Derrick Henry being out opens up all kinds of roads. Alvin Kamara is out and still not practicing, uh, and that's a that's a problem for yeah. uh, Alvin Kamara owners. Uh, now Aaron Jones is out with a sprained MCL, and that's going to be an issue for Aaron Jones owners. It'll be a couple weeks there too. But instead of looking at it from the pessimistic point of view, I prefer to say. Who can we uh, extract? Um, right, you know, some good fantasy production from, and put them on our team. And sometimes you wind up uh, 
with you know a net positive on a team where two players are splitting carries, one of them goes down and the other one becomes a more dominant running back. And, and we're and we still have trades open, so by all means, like uh, you have three, four players on your team that are doing well too. You know, you should absolutely trade those running backs to have high values now, uh, because the the tea leaves do not have uh, um, fully healthy running backs over the course of a year. Usually, <laughs> that that doesn't it's usually very happen. rare. It really is. Right now, there's Jonathan Taylor, but what are the odds that Jonathan Taylor is healthy the whole season? Probably one and two. Don't curse my boy. Hey man, <laughs> they said the same thing about Derrick Henry before he was gone for the season. Happens every year. Yeah, but yeah, of the guys who. Um, were uh, over 20 carries or at 20 carries or better. Ramondre Stevenson, Antonio Gibson are guys who are examples of uh, you know people who are splitting carries, uh, and and AJ Dillon of course uh, splitting carries because of an injury ahead of them. They are now you know getting a huge opportunity. Yeah. So those are all players to look at uh, going forward. Um, I always kind of check in with the defenses. So there were nine defense and special teams. Uh, teams with 10 plus points this week and as we saw you know it was a struggle for the offenses this week there were only two quarterbacks who had three or more touchdowns and there were only two quarterbacks who had 300 or more passing yards and Patrick Mahomes covered both of those so if he hadn't played it would have been a really sad week for offenses um I'm sorry. Yeah, for offenses. So, Dave, when you look at defenses uh, and your fantasy teams, do you try to ride with one for multiple weeks? Do you pick them up for their matchups uh, several weeks down the line? Or are you strictly like a week-by-week streaming guy? I, I, I like to stick with the team for stretches if possible. I have like the Saints so far this year. They put up a lot of really quality games, mm-hmm. even though they themselves as an offense have not really done the same. Uh, it looks like uh, a strong one right now that a lot of people are interested in are, is Miami, for example. They have a couple games uh, before their bye week, I believe, which is in a couple weeks from then, uh, that, that are strong for them. Uh, I, I, I like to look at it on a week-by-week basis, and I don't normally pick up any defenses to sit on the bench and wait until that next week uh, until we get to the fantasy playoffs. Then I think it's a little bit more important to have the 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 skill players, including defense and kicker, if you have those included in your league, uh, that are going to have the best matchups now rather than worrying about whoever's on your bench. And so then you can start dumping bench players that are maybe not as important to allow you to carry another defense for week 15 or week 16. Yeah. And that's that's what I do. But I don't generally trade out defenses every week. I try to find a combination of defenses that... Uh, will be able to take me through a couple weeks at a time. That's, yeah, I think that's the right way to the right approach. I also think that um, you know there's a lot of variability there, but if you have a defense that is putting up good points, that is forcing turnovers or that is getting sacks, they're not um, likely to just suddenly become horrible when they face a tougher opponent. Uh, they're still probably going to put up some kind of baseline uh, points for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we had th- we had 33 carries this year was the uh, second highest total that we've seen on anyone this whole season. That was DeAndre Swift with 33 carries for the Lions this week. Um, he is the person with the most amount of carries who's not named Derrick Henry. Henry had games of 33 and 35 carries this year. Yeah, wow. Um, but all we're left with is uh, DeAndre Swift at this point. Um, so it's interesting that 
This is this doubles his career high mark. So he had 33 this week. His previous career high was 16, also in week 10, but of last year. Uh, he had 130 rushing yards, another career high for him. Uh, he's on pace for almost 800 rushing yards, which would be the most for the Lions since Joyke Bell in 2008, 2014. Last time they had a 1,000-yard rusher was Reggie Bush in 2013, and he barely made it. He had 1,006 yards. I don't know if you remember, but um, they there was like some uh, – confusion in those last couple plays with him uh whether or not he was going to actually get it 1006 you know he he got it soundly in the end but uh there was a lot of question as to whether or not they would get a thousand yard rusher Mm -hmm. uh and you know it's just really been downhill for the lions so they did have barry sanders in the 90s who put up 10 straight years of 100 yard seasons and i guess they're regressing to the mean at this point yeah, I, I like DeAndre Swift, and uh, I, I didn't pick him up in my leagues because of Detroit, but it turns out that he's been a, a fairly decent uh, and productive running back this year. It's just dangerous every time that you uh, you play a Lions player, you have to hold your breath during the whole game. Yep. So he still is <laughs> only the, um, uh, let's see, 3, 6, 9, 11th best running back this year. That's pretty good. I mean, it's pretty good, yeah. Yeah. But if you're going to be getting 33 carries, you would expect to be a top five guy. Yeah, well, we'll we're, see. we're getting what we can. From... I think it was I think it was a lot of game script that wound up netting <laughs> him such a huge number, considering he's never been over 20 at any point in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the last thing I so this was an interesting thing I noticed the you know the perfect quarterback rating 158.3. I won't get into how they come up with that number because frankly I have no idea. But I know that. Um, to have a perfect quarterback rating, uh, you have to throw a few passes, you have to score a touchdown, that sort of thing. So we had uh, two backup quarterbacks that played on Sunday. Both had perfect passer ratings. They both threw three passes for a touchdown. So Brian Hoyer actually led a 95-yard drive. Uh, He went three for three with 85 yards and a touchdown. I don't think that we're going to see Brian Hoyer much this year, although maybe the Patriots find themselves in garbage time again. Hoyer the Destroyer. Hoyer the Destroyer. You yeah. got it, Dave. And then Joe Flacco <laughs> uh, played for the Jets, and I guess Mike White's not going to be playing anymore. Uh, four interceptions sort of takes the shine off of uh, that good game he had a couple weeks ago. Well, neither of those guys are the starter. They're they're all just fill-in players. That's true. That have not quite lived up to expectations. So, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't call any one of them the starter. Um, I think they'll just go back to uh, to their guy when they can, which is uh, Zach Wilson, right? Yeah, I'm sure when Zach Wilson is healthy, he'll probably get a shot at playing because, you know, I, Joe Flacco is not going to take this job from anybody, and Mike White apparently isn't either. No, the guys showing out in the Jets have been Michael Carter and Elijah Moore. Everybody else has not been performing to the level that we would expect them to or, right. or hope that they can perform to. So the actual <laughs> best starting quarterback this week – Mac Jones had a 142.1 rating. The Patriots won their fourth game in a row. They're 6-4. and four. They're the sixth seed in the playoffs. Um, so it looks like Jones has been the best rookie quarterback so far this year. Uh, but not in fantasy football, just in regular football. He's only got one game over 20 points. Not really worth it in fantasy. Uh, only has value in Superflex leagues at this point. But, you know, hey, Mac Jones playing really well, handing the ball off, uh, controlling the game. Uh, doing exactly what Bill Belichick wants him to do in order to win. Yeah. And that's uh, how you remain a quarterback in this league. 
All right. So uh, make sure every week to check out my column. It's called Statistically Insignificant. Normally it's out on Mondays pending my uh, travel arrangements. And, you know, we'll, we'll post it. We'll sometimes get into it. We'll, you know, you can talk to me on Twitter about it, whatever you want. Um, but if you have any ideas about it, then be sure to let us know. Uh, if you find a cool stat while you're watching on Sunday, I'm always looking for those. Uh, you can email us, Jason at Drink5 or Dave at Drink5.com. Uh, you can tweet us, hit us up on Instagram. It's easy to find us anywhere you want to go. We're just Drink5 pretty much all places. So um, let's have a quick drink. Maybe? Okay, sure. And then we'll get to some of the ECR deviations. Another needlessly long title. <laughs> Cheers. Rankings works. Rankings, okay. We'll discuss the rankings, (laughs) but not just list them. Cheers. Cheers. And before we get into all of that, I just let me say quickly, for those of you listening uh, and watching on YouTube, please do subscribe to the channel. We would greatly appreciate it. It will allow us to keep on doing this season after season and uh for those of you listening on a podcast network uh or apple Podcasts or google music or uh, stitcher or spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts please do subscribe there as well and you'll be able to listen to our podcast as they come out you'll get a notification saying that there's a new one available uh, we appreciate any and all engagement that you can give us on our social channels, which all have Drink5 in the name, surprisingly enough. Yeah. Or email jason at drink5.com or dave at drink5.com with your Those individual have drink five in the name too. and specific questions. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just uh, interact with us. We are available and happy to help you with those Sunday morning or Saturday night or Thursday night or Monday afternoon lineup questions. Yeah, indeed. Uh, They're always fun to field those questions, see how other people are um, kind of managing their teams. So every week, Dave posts his rankings. He updates them throughout the week. It's a lot of work. We're all appreciative of the work you put into those rankings, Dave. Um, You are listed as a Fantasy Pro expert. So if you go to Fantasy Pros and you search maybe like, should I start this guy or this guy? Dave's opinion is going to be listed under, you know. It's funny that Jason says he's listed as one. Not you are a Fantasy Pros expert, but listed as one. You're listed as, in quotation marks, a Fantasy. We've been doing this for years. And uh, yes. It's the power that they invest in you. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, absolutely have been an expert for quite a while now. In fact, uh, multiple times this year, uh, Drink 5 rankings have been in the top 10, including this past week. Uh, for week 10, we are number 7 out of all 200 or so Fantasy Pro experts. Oh, yeah, Dave. So, uh, That's it, awesome. It pays to you know tune in and listen to uh, our uh, long-researched um, analysis and prognostications. Uh, of course, we can get things wrong, but we find that the experts, myself included, uh, generally get things more correct or more accurate than uh, your lay person playing fantasy, which is why there's an industry here at all. Yeah, well put. So every week, Dave's going to post his player rankings on our website. It's the only place that you can go to actually see just Dave's rankings. If you go to Fantasy Pros, uh, they're always mixed with other pl- other experts. Um, and that's just the way Fantasy Pros does it to sort of keep uh, each, player, each person's uh, stuff exclusive. So anyways, um, what we're going to do is look at Dave's rankings versus the ECR. That's the expert consensus ranking, which is sort of the average 
of all of the experts uh, to where they think a player should go. Okay, and I assume you have this in half PPR, right? This is all half PPR. And what it does is say uh, either we're above or below the ECR, saying we like a player more than everyone else. We don't like a player more than everyone else. And we're going we're gonna to say why. So I'm going to bring up each player and give you just a thought about why you might have put it there. You tell me if I'm right or wrong uh, and, and what you're thinking. Does that work for the player? Yeah, let's play. Okay. First guy on our list is Ramondre Stevenson, the running back for New England. His ECR is 21. We got him ranked at 17. That's a plus four over the rest of the crowd. So I think that this has a combination of uh, Damian Harris still maybe coming back, maybe not. It is a quick turnaround on Thursday night. So it sounded like he practiced today, and we'll see tomorrow if he's actually going to start or not. But because of his excellent uh, sort sort of efficiency, and you know he only played 17 snaps last week and had. 12 carries for over 100 or 12 touches for over 100 yards from scrimmage and then this past week 20 carries 100 yards and two touchdowns um you know things are going well right now uh we're riding the hot hand of Ramondre Stevenson just like Bill Belichick is yeah you're correct in your assumptions and like you said he had uh two touchdowns 99 rushing yards on 20 carries last week uh he also uh, did they stat correct him i thought he had 100 he also had four That's frustrating he also had four receptions uh and and not a lot of yardage but it's good to see him working in the passing game i think that he has now superseded uh brandon bolden's role in that offense and it's true that Ramondre Stevenson has been in the doghouse as far as Belichick is concerned earlier in the season. But now it looks like he is actually battling for that starter position with Damian Harris because he has been consistently more efficient than Harris when both are playing uh, and both are given opportunities. So I love it. I think uh, some people, myself included, last week were hesitant to pick him up in leagues in which he wasn't owned, um, which admittedly in our uh, group of leagues weren't many, I don't think. Um, but now um, people have scooped him up everywhere, and they should because two good performances in a row is almost a trend. Yeah, he's the second most added player on Flea Flicker in the last three days, now owned in 63% of leagues. Um, so definitely check that out. So uh, we're talking about efficiency for him. Uh, like I said, last week, uh, week nine, he had 17 snaps on offense and touched the ball 12 times. Uh in week 10, he had 37 snaps on offense, still touched the ball 24 times. So that's a, an, an incredible usage rate. He only had 55% of snaps, and that was his high for the season. And so I know that they had some garbage time that he wouldn't have been in anyways, but he's still not even seeing the field nearly as much as he could be. Yep. So Stevenson, great pickup if it, he does it three times in a row, uh, and, and especially with uh, Damian back again. And that's going to mean that he he will be a trending player, even with uh, all of the depth chart stuff the way that they were at the beginning of the season, uh, which could hurdle him into an actual starting every week performance role. And uh, absolutely one of those players that we were talking about just before this that could change the trajectory of your fantasy team heading towards the playoffs. Yeah. Now, uh, you have to temper expectations just with the fact that he is on the New England Patriots. 
uh, and that sort of caravan and rotating carousel of, of running backs will change all the time. Yes. But right now, it looks like uh, Ramondre is favored, and you have to go with that because as long as Belichick favors Ramondre, he's going to get the majority of the carries and touches in that game. Okay, so we've got Saquon Barkley. The running back for the Giants, his ECR is 16. Dave uh, ranked him down at 20 this week. So that's a minus four from the expert consensus ranking. So he is scheduled to return uh, to the Giants on Sunday. Um, but I think it's going to be a really tough, I'm sorry, not on Sunday, but on Monday. Uh, it's going to be a really tough matchup because they go to Tampa to play on Monday night. Uh, the Bucks are on a two-game losing streak. I expect them to play a lot better this week, especially because they have uh, sort of let a few slip through their hands, and now they have what would be termed as a weak opponent right now. So you got to kind of uh, use them to get right. The Bucks are giving up the eighth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I think that even though he's back, you need to temper expectations. Consider him a flex play. I, I would, it would be my, my, my recommendation. Yeah, not much to add. Uh, Saquon is going to be probably on a pitch count. He was through a, another fairly, um, concerning injury uh and so his um rehabilitation coming back is is a major concern for the giants and uh he is going up against a team that is traditionally this year been good against running backs like you mentioned so do you see any continued value for Devonte booker or do you think saquon pretty much eats all that up only in this game because you would assume that with another week that saquon would then uh be able to monopolize all of the touches back into the offense but I don't think that he necessarily should just be dropped in leagues right now because Booker could still be getting half of those snaps next week. And he's been, um, he's been fairly good with them. I know I've had Booker on a, on a team where I wasn't expecting much and still got 100 yards. You know, He's been averaging 14 points a game for the last five games since he's been you know, covering for Bar- Barkley. Yeah, so we can, we can expect a dip to that but he'll probably still have low level flex potential uh as a running back that will spell saquon barkley uh or maybe even be a co-featured running back for this particular matchup okay the only problem i would worry about starting him in this matchup is that the tampa bay running defense has been so good this year that maybe it would be one to avoid regardless well um if you're able to avoid it you know then uh, yeah, more power to you. Sometimes a lot of sometimes you can't avoid it. A lot of teams uh, don't have too many options at the moment. Well, let's see. What are the bye weeks this week? NFL week fourteen is just two. It's uh, the Los Angeles Rams and the Denver Broncos. That's it. Okay, that's pretty reasonable. That is some running backs though. Yeah, there's for sure. There's running backs on both sides. A couple wide receivers and a quarterback uh, and a tight end. Two tight ends, uh, but it's it's easier than a lot of the earlier buys have. Yes, been. this isn't bye week hell like it has been. Oh, the other last bye week hell will be in week 14, where we have, I think, four teams on bye in what is usually the first week of the fantasy playoffs, but for a lot of uh, fantasy leagues now will be the last week of the regular season. Yeah, and still, like, essentially the playoffs for anybody who hasn't quite made it yet, if you need to win to clinch in week 14, it's the playoffs for you. Yeah, so start looking ahead at that if you don't have such a great um, um, position in the standings. Because you don't want to end up with three buys the week you have to win. Um, ugh, that would be awful. You're, so, looking, you're looking right now at your team. You're like, nah. no. I'm looking. Up. I hadn't thought about that. So week 14, <laughs> the Colts, the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Eagles. Um, so definitely some big fantasy names in there. Not a ton. 
but definitely ones that are, you know, you got your Mike Kosicki, Jonathan Taylor. Um, There's Jaylen guys. Hurts. Yeah. There's some guys. Definitely some guys. <laughs> uh, Daryl Williams, the running back in Kansas City, ECR, 23. His rank is 18. We're plus five on him. So he had a fantastic game on Sunday night along with most of the rest of the Chiefs offense. Nine catches on nine targets is the stat line that I like the most from him to sort of indicate that he may be sticking around through the return of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Edwards-Hilaire has been scheduled, not scheduled, but uh, allowed to come off the IR in the last couple weeks, and they have chosen not to. There is a chance that he's held off this week, week 11, because the Chiefs have week 12 uh, for a bye. They get Thanksgiving off. How nice for them. So I think that you can be very confident in firing up uh, Darrell Williams this week. Uh, I think he's a solid RB2. I think he has a lot of upside especially in any sort of half or full PPR league because uh, of the possibility of getting lots of catches. Well, last week's game isn't going to happen every week. In fact, the Chiefs may even slump again uh, after what was such a crazy uptick uh, of last week's offense. However, I, I tend to agree, and that's why I have him ranked higher than most of the uh, uh, the other experts out there this particular week. Uh, I don't know if uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will come back, especially not um, in his full health. And even if he was to come back, I agree with what you said early uh, in the snippet that you were reading, uh, that that Williams still has captured enough uh, momentum to have a role going forward, uh, especially in the passing game. And uh, that's something that the Chiefs have found themselves uh, strangely weak at this year. And so they're going to continue to use those players that they have and they, they find work well. Um, so he is still a valuable part of the offense. If uh, we see his role diminish over the next couple of weeks, then he'll definitely be a, uh, a drop candidate um, on our list. Yeah. But for right now, he still is um, uh, someone that you should have rostered and is a probably probably a high-end RB3 for me just because of the possibility of, of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire getting a lot of that work. Fair enough. But, yeah, uh, still a valuable uh, you know piece. Yeah, definitely. I think I'll be starting him again this week. So, Jamar Chase, Cincinnati, um, his ECR is 11. The rank is 5. Uh, that's a plus 6. You're already starting Chase. Uh, this isn't about whether or not to start Chase or whether he's on the bubble or anything. I just wanted to point out that he is the WR4 on the year, and ranking him at 11 is too damn low. So Dave has been paying attention. I wonder what everyone else is doing. <laughs> um, the, the thing to look at is is that in Week 8 and Week 9 versus the Jets and versus Cleveland, his stats weren't that great uh, as compared to the rest of his games. Uh, he was the 20-something and 40-something ranked wide receivers in those two games. Uh, he just had his bye week. Uh, Joe Burrow was also not doing well in the whole offense in general on those two losses that they had after winning against both Detroit mm-hmm. and Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So you could consider that just a team trend that affects the local player performance. It's not yet a player trend uh, because it hasn't been going for three days, uh, three, 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 three weeks, three consecutive uh, uh, matches. 
Um, so I'm going to say that against the Raiders, he picks it back up uh, and is able to get a ton of yards again. But let's keep in mind, and, and sometimes we, we tear apart these performances in a little bit more of a granular way and find some players that look like they have done so well over the year, but in reality, most of their fantasy performances that raise their averages come from singular game performances. So for Jamar Chase, for example, he had one game with 159 yards and one game with 201. Every other game has been less than 100. Um, so when we think about Jamar Chase in our head and say he's averaging you know, 100 yards plus per game, well, that's not really what's happening when you look at the game-by-game -game perspective. It's true. But he is inarguably a top 10 receiver this week, and we expect him, I think both of us do, to bounce back to look like that, along with Joe Burrow against the Raiders next week. Yeah, I think that the uh, the, the Bengals are going to be looking pretty good. You know, they got beat uh, by the Jets, and I think sort of had a hangover uh, from that when they played Cleveland, and Cleveland did really well against them. But as we know, Cleveland's not that good of a team. Yeah, and we're not interested in excuses anyway. It's It doesn't matter why it happened. It only matters can they turn it around, or is that going to be something that is a sticking point for them, uh, and suddenly the Bengals are just this 500 team uh, because they, they can't, reach the next level at a consistent basis and and i'm not convinced yet i'm not convinced that the Bengals are amazing you know like that's 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 a hard thing mm -hmm. to for you to convince me of right yeah. and we've seen burrow do really well but we've also seen him suck uh and so he needs to be consistent uh we do know one thing if burrow has a good game then it generally translates to uh jamar chase uh having like a 70 yard touchdown <laughs> Uh, so, so that's why I rank him above others is because I think that, uh, as you mentioned, uh, that they should bounce back. I like the bye week uh, in the middle of the season here is a good resting point, uh, and hopefully they do. I, I, I'm a fan of another team in the AFC North, but I've always enjoyed the Bengals, and even back when it was Andy Dalton and A.J. Green, which this match, uh, that duo kind of reminds me of, uh, it, it's just nice to see those quarterback-wide receiver combos that have really good chemistry, um, and it seems like they can do no wrong when things are going well. I think they might be able to uh, kind of go down in Bengals history as better than A.J. and Andy. Well, I'm not, I'm not willing to discuss they that. They might just have yet. the ability to. That's all I'm saying. It's going to take many years of uh, pitch and catch to take care of that. This guy's a Bengals fan. I, I, I know. I understand. A new Bengals fan. A bandwagon <laughs> Bengals fan. So, uh, Devonta Smith, the wide receiver in Philadelphia, his ECR is 23. The rank is 18. That's a plus five. So, he had his best game of his rookie year last week. He's now got two 20-point performances in a row. Three touchdowns in those two games. Six targets in each game. One thing I really like is that he started to bring up his catch percentage. That's now over 61% of the season. That's a number that I was uh, really getting on his case about. You know, his case. It's not like he heard me. Uh, earlier in the season, I found it really disappointing that he was at like 50% or below. Uh, and so to move it up to 61% over a couple of games is really nice. They get New Orleans, the Eagles that is, will play New Orleans next week. And New Orleans is giving up the sixth most points to opposing wide receivers. So are you just seeing like a general improvement from Devonta Smith? Is that why you want to move him up? Or do you like something about the matchup specifically? Well, we officially have a player that is uh, that is trending up in Devonta Smith. Uh, which I love, uh, and you know that's true with uh, uh, with his uh, targets uh, and with his points that he's had uh, basically over the past three games. 
And so he's moved from uh, 2 to 20 to 20.6. <laughs> now, that's that's a rough kind of a trend. I'd like to see one more game where he's still up there getting like uh, 15, 16 points. Yeah. Uh, but what can we say other than the fact that, uh, like you brought up, over the last two games, he's done well. Over 41 fantasy points um, in the last two games. And the Saints are 31st against uh, fantasy wide receivers since week six. So uh, Boy, they, earlier in the season, like I mentioned, we were talking about the, the Saints. I don't know if it was offline or during this podcast, but I, I love the Saints. They had a good uh, defense in the first like four or so weeks that I was playing every game. Yeah. Um, now I'm starting to dump them in leagues, but it's because their secondary has been weakened um, and they're not performing that well against wide receivers and running backs any longer. Um, so a, a good team to go up against I am not sold at all on the Eagles' offense, on uh, on their quarterback. Uh, but what does it matter? If a player is trending well, then I have to pay attention to that. And I don't see any indicators that say that he's not going to perform to a high level. And so I have to say, Devonta Smith, uh, there's no reason why he shouldn't score 10, 12, 14 fantasy points in this matchup. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts has nine turnovers this year. So there's still reason to like consider the New Orleans defense this week. Oh yeah, like you were saying earlier, sometimes the good defenses will play well against good teams, anyways. Yeah, I mean a lot of people drop Not all about matchups. A lot of people drop squads because they feel like they're going to go up against Buffalo or they're going to go up against the New England Patriots or they're going to go up against uh, you know whatever team that might score a bunch of points against <laughs> the them. The New England Patriots already gotten back into the casual mentions of great teams. Well, teams scoring a lot of points. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose when you put up 45 last week. <laughs> That'll help. So, you know, in order as a defense in most uh, in most scoring for fantasy leagues, uh, for a defense to score a lot of points, they have to either have defensive touchdowns or a ton of sacks. But you know as a commissioner that they're usually losing points when the opposing team scores points against them. Right. And so you definitely don't want to play them specifically against teams that are going to score 40 points. So in, in traditional sense... Uh, like the Chiefs and the Bills. Starting from way behind at this point. Not great teams to play against. Yeah. But yeah, this year I've seen a lot of uh, instances in which it was actually okay for me to stick a defense and then they end up getting 14 points or something uh, because of good uh, secondary defensive play. It's not as fickle as kickers, I don't think. <coughs> I have seen some work done uh, uh, trying to describe or, or try to figure out how consistent defenses are. But you can normally at least uh, understand, based on what the projected score of the game will be, uh, what the baseline um, uh, floor of a defense might be. Okay. So you don't often know when a team's going to score 25, because that usually involves defensive uh, uh, runbacks or whatever. But you can usually tell when a team is going to score 6 or 7, because they're playing against someone who doesn't score a lot of points, and who is susceptible through a bad offensive line to sacks. Yep. So you get a couple more turnovers, and then you have a double-digit game. Yeah. Uh, so Cole Beasley, the Buffalo wide receiver, his ECR is 32, and his rank is 47. So we're 15 spots lower on him than everybody else. Uh, and Beasley's really been trending down the last three weeks. It's a proper downward trend, as you maybe don't like to see the downward trends as much, but you like to see that three-week-in-a-row thing, and that's definitely the case for Beasley, um, in one of those games, the Bills did only score six points, but Beasley had 11 targets in that game. He could only turn it into 33 yards. Last week, he was only targeted twice. He had 15 yards. Uh, 
Diggs is getting back on track. He was the number one receiver last week. I think that Beasley is going to fall way down the options list for the Bills. And um, that's sort of what you're looking at here too, right? Yeah, I'll be I'll be short. Dawson Knox back. I mean, they have their other pass catchers back. Gabriel Davis showed up. Dawson Knox is coming back and getting healthy. Cole Beasley has a rib injury. Cole Beasley's targets have gone downhill. Stefan Diggs is doing better. So forget about the mighty Matt Breda. All the things you said. <laughs> so there's not a lot here to dig into other than not performing well, not getting a lot of targets. He was relied upon uh, in two different segments of the year, uh, week eight and week nine, uh, and then also back earlier in the uh, like week one through three. Yeah. Uh, and that's great, but he's always going to be that inconsistent uh, um, uh, kind of guy because his usage depends on the health uh, and value of the other pass catchers in the offense. That's that's very true. And one of the things I brought up in the past week about the Bills is that uh, the way that defenses were playing them, they were sort of forcing all the passes to go underneath. And that's what really benefited Cole Beasley. Yeah. It looks like, at least this past week, that the Bills have sort of uh, righted the ship, if you will, uh, in terms of their offense, just like the, uh, the Chiefs did. So if they're able to get that down-the-field game going again, Cole Beasley is going to be less relevant. Uh, Darnell Mooney, the Chicago wide receiver, his ECR is 41. You've got him ranked all the way up at 33. That's a plus eight for him. So what happened? The Bears went on by and everyone forgot about them, which is understandable <laughs> because they're a very forgettable team right now. So in week nine, Mooney had the best fantasy game that he's had as a pro, scoring twice. Justin Fields had his best game as a pro. The Ravens' pass defense the last two weeks has not been what it was to start the la- to start the season. Yeah. So the Bears play the Ravens this week. That leaves Mooney, in my opinion, and I believe yours. It's a wide receiver three flex option, probably more in the flex category, but uh, definitely someone who has a decently high ceiling. Um, you know, if he can put up a couple touchdowns, that's that's great. I wasn't I wasn't too interested in Mooney earlier uh, for a couple of reasons. One being that it still seemed like there was just this. Uh, balance beam thing going on with all the pass catchers on that team at least from week one through uh eight or so so you had uh cole Komet and alan robinson that were also catching passes inconsistently uh uh, one or the other might have more on on one particular game versus the other game uh but like you said all i really care about is uh, how is the offense trending and what do the targets look like and are the people healthy right so for mooney uh he has only once during this entire season seen less than five targets. And that is consistency. But what I didn't like about Mooney earlier in the season uh, was the inconsistency at which Fields, uh, in general, was playing the quarterback position. Uh, And it looks like Fields (laughs) has been a little bit better. I'm still very wary and hesitant to play any Bears players that are not named David Montgomery after he gets healthy because he's been very good. Uh, I think he's back. Like, well, like not just back on the team and playing, but he's back. Sure. Well, I, I hope so for the Bears' sake. You need that kind of a consistent uh, running back to help out the rest of the offense. Yeah. But I think that because we're seeing Justin Fields do a little better and we look at the consistency of targets to Mooney, that means, like you said, that Mooney is going to be a consistent WR3 or flex spot for most league scoring settings. And he is someone to now pick up or acquire uh, before the trade deadline uh, for all teams uh, someone like a Cole Beasley that before was more consistent, Mooney is better uh, or on the same uh, scale as that. Uh, okay. So a lot of guys that I would that people are saying you should you should dump 
You know, looking at Jacoby Myers, looking at Cole Beasley, looking at some of the other wide receivers that we'll talk about in our cut list later in the in the show. Yeah, uh, picking up a guy or trading and acquiring a guy like Darnell Mooney uh, is not a bad idea at all. Uh, some other people that I might put on that kind of a list are guys like Hunter Renfro, and you know, sure. uh, players that are so consistent uh, that don't have a high ceiling necessarily but they also have a very high floor of targets per game okay um we got kendrick Bourne, the new england wide receiver his ecr is 45 his rank is 38 that's a plus seven on Bourne. so he led the patriots in receiving yards he found the end zone for the fourth time this year this past week uh he's now got at least 68 yards and a touchdown in four of his last eight games the Falcons, they, they play the Falcons this week. The Falcons are giving up the eighth most points to opposing wide receivers. And Bourne is only owned, uh, just a side note, he's only owned in 38% of Flea Flicker League. So he's probably available in your league if you need any kind of help during a bye week. Remember, you know, there's still several. I think we've got 11 and 12. I don't think there's any buys in week 13. And then you got week 14. I'm I'm very confused about Kendrick Bourne. I think that he'll do well against uh, the uh, I believe he plays against the Atlanta Falcons this week. Yeah, the Falcons. Uh, but the problem with him is that um, he he doesn't he doesn't get enough targets per game. He's only getting like three or four targets per game. He's not consistent enough. And so that means that he's one of those guys that you're going to be wanting to acquire on your squad. And, and and being like, well, look, I mean, he's been he's been averaging 11.7 fantasy points per game since week six, and that's great. But if he only gets 35 yards on three passes in a game, then you're going to hate that you acquired him and started him in, in your roster. <laughs> and so he's still too inconsistent as far as targets in the New England offense to really start on an every game basis. I just feel like he matches up really well against uh, Atlanta's uh, almost non-existent secondary uh, um, and, and I think that they'll be throwing the ball uh, as demonstrated this past week um, with Mac Jones to Kendrick Bourne uh, and the running backs um, and Hunter Henry. And so I, I like him as a this week play, but I would not suggest that you pick up and play Kendrick Bourne on an every week basis, and I would not suggest that you acquire him from somebody. <laughs> I would suggest that you sell him if you can to, to people. Sure. Maybe even after this game, if he does get more than his average of eleven point four, um, if he if he gets like a touchdown and and four receptions, like maybe you could sell him for something that's more consistent. Yeah, uh, and just to correct uh, myself from earlier, there are bye weeks uh, buys in week thirteen: the Panthers, <laughs> the Browns, the Packers, and the Titans. Well, shit. So definitely some uh, fantasy relevant players. And to round out the bye weeks, week twelve next week. The Chiefs and the Cardinals are on by. Uh, only two teams, but that's a lot of fantasy players that are going to be out. So definitely uh, you need to sort of plan now for the bye weeks for the rest of the year. If you're in contention, that's great. You need to make a plan. Mm -hmm. If you're way ahead of the game, if you're 8 and what would it be, 10 and 0, 9 and 1 at this point, you probably don't need to necessarily worry too much about bye weeks you wouldn't need to drop players you wouldn't otherwise drop in order to cover the bye weeks uh, but if you're right in the middle there you definitely need to worry about that set your uh lineups in a way you know get your roster built in a way so that you are ready to go uh, for the bye week and you're not surprised when you go to set your lineup on tuesday yeah it has a lot to do with uh exactly what you're saying 
Alright, let's have a drink. I hope you at home or wherever you are have the ability to get a drink as well. Cheers. <laughs> the ability to get a drink. If you're listening in the car, just have some water. When you get home, have a beer. Or if you're disabled, just yell at someone else to get a drink for you, or train a dog to get a drink for you, or, you know. <laughs> whatever you need to do. All right. So, uh, we just want to remind you guys that if you have some questions, uh, of course, if you're listening to us live, just jump in the chat room and let us know what you got, and we'll get to those. Um, we can answer them, you know, throughout the show. You don't have to wait until our question segment of course but we will collect some questions that people send us on twitter or any other of the you know various social media platforms or email or whatever is good for you but we like to answer those questions so we'll jump with the uh jump in with the chat room question first how about that we've got troy asking us a burrow at vegas or hertz versus new orleans when we get to the questions we're there so we've got Joe Burrow is going to Vegas. Jalen Hurts is hosting New Orleans. We've talked about other players on those teams already. And uh, obviously we like mm, Cincinnati's wide receivers a little more than the wide receivers in Philadelphia. Well, we just talked about two receivers that we like from both teams. Right. Uh, we the, do like them both. And the, they're both rookies. But the question is mostly about the quarterback. Uh, the rushing ability gives Hurts the edge. I will almost always present if the two guys are too close, who has the higher ceiling and who has the higher floor. Um, but in in my current rankings, right, I, I currently have Hertz as number eight and Burrow as number 11. Because there are two guys between them, I will simply go with Hertz. And, and what would you do in this situation, Jay? I would go with the higher floor in this situation. Um, and that's always going to be Hertz at this point because of his rushing ability and the way that he puts up running stats. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm going with Hertz there. I like Joe Burrow a lot and I've got him on a team and I want to see him do well. And I've, uh, you know, decided to hope that the Bengals win some games this year, but you know, whenever I root for a team, it doesn't work out for me. So I try not to get too invested. Uh, so audience questions, uh, and these are taken mostly from Twitter, and as Jason said, you're always welcome to email us or, or tweet us or post on Facebook or wherever you can find us, but I'm just going to launch into a couple and present them to Jason. Uh, you can look at my rankings on drink5.com and already see what it is that I would pick based on the analytics that, uh, that I've done. I'm going to pick some of these a little bit more off the cuff. Uh, but I want you to provide your answer first. Okay. So from Tim Pizzarelli, uh, should I be starting Mahomes against Dallas or Jones against Atlanta? That's Mac Jones against right. Atlanta. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I go with Mahomes here. It feels like Mahomes, where his floor should be, is very close to where Mac Jones' ceiling is. So it's kind of a no-brainer for me anyways. You're starting Mahomes. So the, the issue here is that Dallas Cowboys' defense has sort of stepped up a little bit. They've been winning games uh, a lot more – uh, a lot more of a uh, closed book kind of way uh, <laughs> okay. than they had previously. and and But certainly their offense has scored a lot of points too, and so you'd expect more of a shootout. Uh, this question I may have had a different answer for if it was two weeks ago, but uh, after Mahomes' good performance this past week, I agree. 
uh, it is Patrick Mahomes and uh, go back to starting him until he proves otherwise. Yeah, so Dallas is middle of the pack, uh, 16 in fact, when it comes to giving up fantasy points to quarterbacks, but the Falcons are number three, which well, is a lot of points. That's all season. Right. So sometimes you got to look at like in the past. In the past few weeks. Yeah. Dak Prescott, 26. Trevor Simeon, 15.96. If you're giving up 16 points to Trevor Simeon, that's not good. That's not a good sign. That's 25 points to any quarterback with any kind of skill. So the Falcons are definitely a matchup to exploit in certain situations, but not when you have Patrick Mahomes. Well, we both agree that it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, from FFB Podcast, uh, shout out to another fantasy football podcast out there. Uh, who are you most unsure about starting this week? And they said, uh, we're starting off this discussion with Elijah Moore. And uh, I, I tend to agree with, with that. It's an interesting thing when Elijah Moore scores one touchdown with one quarterback and then another touchdown with another quarterback. And this is the, the game that was two weeks ago. Um, yeah. Clearly showing that he has uh, the ability to do all sorts of things on the field. But that doesn't necessarily translate to every week performance, especially when there's no consistency in who's starting. I have Elijah Moore currently as the number 40 wide receiver, which makes total sense why they would put him in a position in their minds that they're unsure about. Uh, because he's basically a borderline flex that has a, a huge amount of upside but could score two. Yep. So uh, let's take your drink five team, for example. Is there anyone on that team that you're unsure about starting this week? Because I know who on my team I am most unsure about, and that's going to be Cam Newton. So I have Kyler Murray in this league. Kyler Murray has not been playing the last few weeks. Finding a replacement for him has not been fun. My choice for this week is Cam Newton. So I'm obviously a bit unsure about that, considering that he hasn't quite uh, played. And if he's not labeled the starter in the game, I don't think I'll be playing him. I'll have to uh, swap him out. But I'll have to be paying close attention because here in Flea Flicker, uh, we have that rule where if you pick up a player and you want to drop him that week, you have to do that uh, no later than 24 hours before the player's game starts. Uh, so if he's announced as the starter on, like, Friday, that's best-case scenario. If he's announced uh, – if it's announced that it'll be a game-time decision, then I may need to have some sort of backup plan waiting on the bench. Ooh, a backup plan. A backup plan that's, for Cam Newton. That's fun. Uh, so so I do. I have a, a player in, in Drink 5. This particular league is uh, half PPR, uh, and I'm doing really well. I'm 9-1, and one, so it, I've, I've been... I'm all, nearly the opposite. <laughs> I'm 2-8. and eight. I've been almost uncontested in this particular league. I have a lot of great players. But I do have one guy who's my, my WR3 filling in for Cooper Cup, who's going to be on by this week, is currently Jarvis Landry. Now, Jarvis Landry, uh, because of OBJ's departure, uh, could jump up into uh, a great PPR option. But, but last week, he didn't. And so the question is, is that going to change? Or are, is Baker Mayfield and his wide receiving options just not they're – not, uh, they're not available any longer in, in his repertoire. It's not something that the offense is looking at. Uh, because it should be that – It should that, be, but it, 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 they should be It should be that Jarvis receivers. Landry gets seven passes a game. Right. You know, there's no reason why that shouldn't be the case. Now, that said, Elijah Moore is, is on the waiver wire, and I right now would either play Jarvis Landry – or I would play Chase Claypool uh, if if he was able to play this particular week. Or I would pick up like an Elijah Moore 
uh, or like a uh, Kendrick Bourne from the waiver. So I am in a very similar position to the the podcast, mm-hmm. but but I have Landry ranked 31 in anticipation of him doing better than he has, and and so I'm still sticking with him at this moment. Okay, but it's a it's a tough one. I like that uh, open end question. Um, Man, the mix says key week eleven matchup with playoff implications are at stake. Who do I start at my second running back position? Ramondre Stevenson, who we talked about earlier. Damian Harris, who's obviously uh, returning from injury from the same team, or Miles Sanders, who's also uh, returning from injury and could end up being the starter again with the Eagles. So Stevenson, Harris, or Sanders? Uh, and what would you go with, Jason? Uh, my choice is going to be Ramondre Stevenson. So. Uh, Damian Harris, like we said, returning from concussion, not 100% sure on him, but it looks like he'll probably play. However, he isn't a huge participant in the passing game on the Patriots. That's Ramondre Stevenson. Stevenson also carries the ball, so uh, he could be certainly the guy that gets a lot more touches in this game. Miles Sanders is going to be on IR probably until Saturday when they have to make a decision to activate him or not. I believe Saturday at 4 p.m. Eastern or something like that is the deadline that if you're going to play on Sunday, you have to be activated off the IR uh, by that point. So you're not going to know if Miles Sanders is even playing until after Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris play. So you got to pick between Stevenson and Harris, in my opinion. I don't have Sanders ranked yet, and I would pick uh, uh, Ramondre as well right and now. I, and I would just go with Stevenson in that case. So that's sort of a procedural answer. I get, you know, if they're all playing at the exact same time, maybe you would consider Miles Sanders. But in this case, I just can't consider Miles Sanders if those are your only options because you need the points. And Stevenson has uh, a decently high ceiling and has been very efficient lately. All right. Salt City Slim says Hunter Renfro or Adam Thielen. This is in a PPR league. So Renfro or Thielen, which sounds like a crazy question. It uh, does. Because because, uh, uh, Adam Thielen has traditionally been uh, the guy over there in Minnesota. But now they have Justin Jefferson, who is ranked much higher, uh, taking away a lot of those targets. Um, So if I look uh, at, at, well, even before I look at my rankings, I know it's going to say Adam Thielen. Uh, I just said earlier in the podcast that I do have a league, for example, where I'm playing Hunter Renfro, and I like that too. He's another guy who is getting a ton of targets. Uh, but who would you favor for this particular week? I want to see how Green Bay is doing against the wide receivers. I lean Adam Thielen, but of course the numbers are telling you that Hunter Renfro has actually been better over the last few weeks. There you go. That's why he's asking the question. Two games in a row with nine targets. Um who are the who are the Raiders playing again? Uh Raiders are playing against Cincinnati versus Cincinnati. Uh so they're at home. Okay. So Green Bay is giving up the fifth fewest points to opposing wide receivers versus Cincinnati, who is right at the middle at sixteen. So that's a better matchup with Cincinnati than with Green Bay and Adam I know that, that's why it's not that yeah, far know. of a question. But in PPR rankings specifically, for example, uh, I have Adam Thielen at number twenty-one and Hunter Renfro at twenty-four. Again, with two guys between them, I'm going to uh, select Adam Thielen as the guy with the more stars in in what I would consider to be his player uh, rating. Um, certainly has has more of a historical background in scoring fantasy points than Hunter Renfro does. Yeah, but. Renfro has been playing a little better as of late and has a matchup that is uh, arguably better. So 
what would you do? I would go with Renfro. It's he a PPR Renfro. league. Renfro's had nine targets each of the last two weeks. I love that. Yeah, so give me the guy who's getting more opportunities. It's not a lot more opportunities, and they're very close, as you said. I'm going to lean Renfro here. Here's another one. Uh, we're talking about Adam Thielen. Do you start Adam Thielen or Tyler Lockett? And we'll continue that within uh, the PPR just because he didn't specify. Uh, I uh, uh, personally am not am not sure what I would do there. Uh, I think um, I think I would go with Tyler Lockett. I have him ranked 16 over Adam Thielen's 21. Uh, the problem there mostly being Russell Wilson's inability to be a good quarterback when he came back from injury. Yeah, I mean, getting shut out is not what you expected to see from Russell Wilson because uh, I think it was the first time in, what, 60-something or 160 games that Russell Wilson had been shut out in a game. And it was the first time in his whole career that he didn't start was the last couple of weeks. And he comes back and he has, like, one of his worst, you know, his team has one of the worst performances that he could have. So yeah, I, I, I totally trust Seattle to sort of, you know, figure that out. But for the time being, I would wait on that, I think. I think I'm waiting to see what happens with with Seattle. So, yeah, I would not play Lockett this week. Okay, and of course, uh, rankings change as uh, new information is, is revealed, comma, man, period, uh, to, <laughs> to me. As new things come to light. Uh, does it make sense to fade Kyle Pitts this week, asked King Palm 3. New England is usually pretty good at shutting down a team's top option, so they'll likely go for Kyle Pitts uh, and let them continue to try to funnel the offense through Cordrell Patterson. Um, so I, I agree with what he's saying as Belichick's strategy. Well, Cordrell Patterson's not going to be playing, I don't think. I don't know that he's been ruled out, has he? I think he just uh, it was noted that he had a uh, uh, some kind of an injury. Uh, why don't you? research that i'm looking right now at cordero patterson <clears throat> if cordero patterson does play i think that that's the player that they would sort of try to stop because that's who belichick knows and if anything belichick wouldn't want the guy who he couldn't figure out how to make work work against him well Pitts only has 18 points in his last three games, and a lot of that is because, just like with Darren Waller, teams are scheming to take Pitts away, and that's why he's bringing up the question in the first place. Uh, In a tough matchup against the Patriots, who are eighth against fantasy tight ends over the last five weeks, um, I think that uh, maybe they'll try to take both away (laughs) if they can, right? Yeah. Uh, So basically this means uh, New England will win 26-0. 28-3. Is that what you're predicting? Well, that's the New England and Falcons thing. It's the Belichick way. Okay. Yeah. Just to rub dirt in their face. So I would say, yes, fade Kyle Pitts because fade Atlanta because they're playing New England. Uh, That's why you fade him. And if you can pick a – if you have the ability to have a tight end either on your bench or on the the wire who's maybe a top 15 tight end still that has upside, he might score more points than Kyle Pitts this particular week. Uh, yeah, so Cordero Patterson is going to be a game-time decision for this one. It is Thursday night, so if that's a player you wanted to start or whatever, you get to wait all the way up until uh, game time. And then New England is third, giving up the third fewest points to opposing tight ends. So I have no problem with fading Pitts, especially if Patterson doesn't play. All right, uh, uh, 
the Husbus says, I have Ingram, Gaskin, Harris, and Foreman, and I have to sit one of those. So you're going to play Najee Harris no matter what. Yeah. Uh, and Mark Ingram is a great fill-in with Alvin Kamara gone. Miles Gaskin so the is question, other every other week kind of guy, as you mentioned. Is this me. the week? This is an on week, and they play the Jets, who are giving up tons of points to opposing running backs. It all lines up for him. So the question is, do you play Gaskin or Foreman? Uh, and I have uh, Foreman ranked as 25 and Gaskin ranked as 23, which means that if only one is between them, that's not enough for me to say just this guy. It depends on their ceilings and floors. Yeah. So the Titans, who do the Titans play? Uh, do we have that written down anywhere clearly? The Titans are playing against Chicago. They're at Chicago. No, the the Rams are, or the Ravens are playing Chicago this week. Let me check the schedule here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, versus Houston, they're they're at home. Oh, I mean that's got to be an. Easy I was looking matchup. at Devonta, not Deontay. <laughs> Deonta and Devonta. Okay, that's close. Yes, it's very close. So yeah, they're playing Houston. So Houston's giving up the tenth most points to opposing running backs. Sure, but there's three running backs in that team that are. But cycling. he hasn't been established as the main guy there yet. Right. Even though he looked a bit like King Henry, we called him, we were calling him Eric Henry. Uh, we were watching the games on Sunday morning, so yeah. Sunday afternoon. We're in the Eastern time zone. They don't even start till one o'clock. Seems ridiculous. So yeah, that's. Uh, I, I don't. I, I guess you're sitting. Uh, Freeman. Foreman. Foreman. So uh, yeah, <laughs> you got me all confused. I agree. I'm with, blaming this one on you. I agree with what you're saying in that um, uh, Gaskins and every other week guy. That Foreman is new, that he hasn't developed uh, his uh, um, specific um, job as the number one guy, even if he does. Some people think he will. I, I picked him up in a couple leagues thinking that he might, um, but sure. but he doesn't have it right now. There's three guys, and that makes it difficult to get a lot of fantasy points in one go. So we're going to say that you are going to sit Foreman for this one and, and hope that he does get the job so that you can play him going forward. Um, Boucher Designs says this fantasy football season just feels like one big who the fuck did I just pick up <laughs> and yeah that's I mean that's every season uh, but there have been a lot of uh, a lot of players this season that I can certainly r- relate to what you're saying because they're like third string guys or four string guys or, or uh, undrafted free agents or players that you may not have heard of uh, I think Jason and I have probably heard of most of these guys from the get-go just because we're so attached to the fantasy football season. Uh, but there have been a lot of those uh, UDFAs and like kind of off-the-street guys this year. Yeah, to answer your question, who the fuck did you just pick up? You probably picked up Deonta Foreman because he's <laughs> the most added player on Yahoo this week. Um, or you picked up maybe Ramondre Stevenson if he was still available. Uh, if you've got Stevenson, big thumbs up. I like that move. If you've got Foreman, uh, you're kind of holding on to him for the future. You know, in, in the next couple of weeks, if he can establish himself as the main guy there, that's awesome. Because, you know, you look at Adrian Peterson, he has like 21 yards in each game. And everyone feels that way that you do when the injury bug hits the this, this season, which happens in the middle of the season between like weeks uh, five and uh, twelve. Right. You look like at a that. completely unrecognizable team on Wednesday morning, and you <laughs> go, "Am I taking crazy pills? What the fuck did I do to my team?" That's right. Uh, Jay Cheesehead says, "Do you start AJ Dillon or James Conner as the RB two on your team?" Well, I think we week? know where the Cheesehead is going to lean. <laughs> 
Well, uh, <laughs> again, so I have Dylan at eight and and Connor at eleven. Uh, Dylan is great just because we know he can already feel the load. Uh, Green Bay is going to give him some work, and Aaron Jones is not going to come back in any capacity because he sprained his MCL. So it's not like he's a guy waiting in the wings. They're clearly going to give AJ Dillon the starting position. Uh, the the problem with Connor is that Connor has been great. But we are unsure if that will continue if Kyler Murray is back at quarterback and if Hopkins is back at wide receiver. He seems to be still very touchdown dependent, even though he's scoring a shitload of touchdowns. I guess if that makes any sense. Well, I love Connor, and he's always been their goal line guy, regardless of how many touches he's gotten. Chase Edmonds yeah. has never been that guy. And I picked up Eno Benjamin in a couple of these, thinking that perhaps uh, he would – uh, you know, spell him a little bit, but he didn't really get much work at all. So it sounds like Connor is just the guy if there's no Edmonds. And if Edmonds is there, then he's going to get the majority of the work, uh, but not any of the goal line work. So that means right. Connor is an RB1 now uh, for an Arizona team that is arguably the best team in, in football. Uh, so uh, it's difficult to not start a guy who is the running back, the goal line running back for the Arizona Cardinals offense. They're definitely one of the best teams in the NFL. They have Colt McCoy probably starting another week. Uh, Kyler Murray was at practice this week, but they have a bye coming up in week 12. They could very well hold him out against a very weak Seattle team this but year. But my point is that, like, that Connor seems to be doing better if you just look at the numbers. When Kyler's not playing. That's my point, is saying, what, what, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at here is that uh, if you have James Conner, then you probably want to start him in your lineup anyways, even if we like A.J. Dillon more. Like, if you've got A.J. Dillon and James Conner, start them both. Well, If he, you have another, if you have an even better running back, then we that's must, a wonderful we must problem assume, to have. We must assume he has Eckler or Taylor or, or like Harris. Or, and that's totally reasonable when you look at, you know, who to pair with. These two, anybody could be paired with these two guys. Yeah, so so I, I think what we're saying is... Uh, High upside for both of these starts. A.J. Dillon just has a more competent quarterback to help him out. Yeah, so it's it's difficult. Um, either way you go, it's probably a, a coin flip, but I have A.J. Dillon in my rankings currently. Uh, yep. Garrett BFF says Hunter Henry has 11 targets for seven catches in the red zone this year, and all seven catches are touchdowns. That's just awesome info to be relaying. Um, thinking about earlier in the season when almost everybody thought Johnny Smith was going to be the guy there and Hunter Henry was kind of an afterthought, um, I, I was hoping it was the other way because I have Hunter Henry in a, uh, in a dynasty, and I always loved his pass-catching ability. Uh, he seemed like he was a very clutch guy uh, on the offense for the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that's exactly how Belichick views him. <laughs> and that's awesome as a guy who's just catching passes in the red zone every game. Right. And that's, you know, you've described it perfectly. He's getting touchdowns. All of his touchdowns have come since week four. So that's uh, for seven games in a row, six of those games he's scored. One of those games he doubled it up. He's not getting huge yardage totals. He has a 75-yard game, and other than that, his highest total is only 42. So he needs to score the touchdown to be fantasy-relevant. But it doesn't seem like it's going to stop anytime soon either. Kind of like James Conner. He needs the touchdown to really have his value, but he keeps scoring touchdowns, so the value seems to be there. Yeah, It's not like you can 100% cut on the touchdown, but you know it's more likely than not that he'll score a touchdown. Yep. So we got a last last question uh, is from uh, I 
iPad Illa Fit. Who do I pick up this week? I've got D. Harris, J. Agnew, or B. Edwards as my options, and that's for a flex position. Uh, so you have. Uh, I like Edwards and Agnew. Uh, I started Agnew last week, in fact, in a league. Um, Brian Edwards was the best um, guy on the Raiders last week, but you know they put up all their points in the first half and then didn't show up for the second half. <laughs> you know, and then I assume that's Deontay Harris, uh, the Saints wide receiver, um, who is is playing well, but he's got Trevor Simeon as his quarterback. Kind of like Jamal Agnew in this in this spot. Where do you have these guys ranked, Dave? Are you looking that up? Yeah, so Harris is currently 48, and uh, Agnew is 50, and Edwards is 52. So all these all these questions. Oh, so close. Uh, there's there's a reason why everyone has questions because yeah. because they are in the in a pickle, uh, and I I think personally that Harris uh, Harris may be in the best spot uh, to start, um, but I think that Brian Edwards is the most talented athlete of the group um it's it's a tough one for me I, i'm just going to go with what my rankings currently say which is deontay harris um when you look at the reasons why he's even on the list it's because uh he's had uh, in the past three games seven eight and four targets and that's what we like to see uh, a lot of targets for those particular players that's 35 52 and 84 yards and uh um actually some rushes in there as well so uh, he hasn't been scoring a whole lot of fantasy points, but he has a lot of targets. When we look at Agnew from uh, from Jacksonville, he scored um, uh, sorry targets. He had twelve in week eight, and then five in week nine and ten. Uh, so okay. so that was kind of like a a, a peak for him uh, against Seattle, and then it it came back down to uh, five and five. The the problem that I have with uh, Agnew is that. Uh, his receptions have trended down from six to three to zero, and the reason a good trend. the reason why he scored points last week and and you're I'm sure happy about is because they were using him as a as a running back, <laughs> and he got a touchdown as a rusher. Hey, it's like you said earlier. However, they score the points doesn't matter. Seventy nine yards and a touchdown and three uh, carries. That's funny. I didn't <laughs> even realize it was carries. You didn't see the game. You're just like, he scored me eight points. It's Look, fine. The, there was a wedding on Sunday. I saw what I saw. <laughs> so and I was in the mountains. I was going to enjoy the mountains. I wasn't uh, – I, I can watch football every week. I can only enjoy mountains when I'm on vacation. Sure. So there's those two. And then Ed, Edwards gets four targets a game every game. It, he's very consistent. Uh, last week, uh, he had three receptions for 88 yards and a touchdown. But um, that's the highest amount he scored the entire year. Yeah. Uh, so we have to look at that as we, we talked about this when Ruggs was uh, first put up on charges and it was discovered that he, uh, you know, had crashed his, his car under the influence. It was like, well, Edwards could take over, but he's not taking over Ruggs' position. They would have to make it special for Edwards. Um, right. And Renfro is the guy that really uh, is, is seeing a little bit of a, a boost, I think. So. So because of all of that, I would play the guy with the highest floor, and that seems to me, or most consistent floor, and that seems to me to be the Saint. Uh, however, I know you were talking earlier about not liking the Saints or not thinking that they were very consistent with their current quarterback play. Uh, Jamal Agnew seems like an, a crazy chaotic play. Um, 
So mm-hmm. and 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 Edwards seems like uh, a, a guy that could certainly score you a lot of points, but will most likely give you four for thirty six yards. So who's your play? Um, I, I still think I I would probably stick with Agnew here. All right. So Agnew for flex. I I will vote for Jason's guy. I got one vote in for Agnew, uh, and then we got to get to the Jay Cut list to close out the show. Yeah. So. Guys who are owned in lots of leagues who we think don't need to be polluting your bench. You need to pick up guys with better upside, guys with uh, a brighter future. Cut the guys who are not helping you anymore. All right, well, let's just do it lightning style, yeah? Okay, at the quarterback position, you got Matt Ryan owned in 83% of Flea Flicker leagues. All the ownership stats that we give you are going to be based on the Flea Flicker uh, platform. So if you're unfamiliar with it, you should check it out. It's a very um, fantasy-focused uh, platform uh, with a nice to you a nice to use UI um, and they're very responsive to customer support I'm a big fan of them we've been using them for 10 years now for our dynasty league um, so that's good stuff uh, moving on Carson Wentz 77% owned he had a really bad game last week he's got a tough matchup against Buffalo coming up and then a bye week in the near future so I don't think that keeping Carson Wentz around is going to benefit your team Teddy Bridgewater, 56%. He has a bye this week. He's struggled the last few weeks. Again, there's better options out there. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I believe uh, you added him to the list, right? Yes. Okay. What? What? Give me, give me, give me 30 seconds on Ryan Tannehill. Are you upset that he's on like the him? list? I, <laughs> I, I mean, you got to keep someone. <laughs> um, for for the last two games. Uh, he's had only 19 uh, completions. Uh, his completion percentage has been high, but he simply hasn't been passing the ball a lot. Uh, his yardage has been 143 and 213 over those two games. Uh, and he's only had one touchdown in each with an interception in one of those games. Okay. Uh, and his rushing, uh, which used to be earlier in the season, more of an average of like 30, 35 yards per game. For the last two games, he's uh, had an average of two yards uh, <laughs> rushing. And uh, he has gotten touchdowns on those. But what that tells me is that he's not scrambling in the regular uh, game script. Uh, those were just uh, probably QB sneaks at the goal yeah, line. Yeah, right at the goal line. And so those are, those are not the things that should be expected. Therefore, uh, his fantasy point totals of 15 and 19 uh, from the last two weeks are actually inflated artificially by his QB sneak numbers. Uh, he should actually be worse than he currently is right now. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with uh, that team struggling to find a way to figure out what to do without Derrick Henry because they are 50% Derrick Henry. Yes, that is a good way of putting it. They're half Henry and half the rest of the team. Now, uh, their next game is against Houston, and they could certainly shape back up, but then they play against New England and have a bye. So if you're in a one-quarterback league, not a quarterback to roster right now. It's just disappointing to see him because I have a team with both Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill on it right now. It's a (laughs) dynasty team, so I'm not eager to get rid of them. And there's not a lot of stuff to pick there, up. There could be someone who's at the same level that like has some better things We've got going Trevor forward. Lawrence this week. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, and then in super flex leagues, those are leagues where you're starting two quarterbacks, or you have the option to at least. Uh, Mike White and Taysom Hill, both of them can be cut. They were kind of uh, hot pickups for a minute there, but it doesn't look like it's going to work out for them. Well, Taysom, if he was a starter, obviously has done really well last year, but it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. seems like they're riding with Trevor Simeon. 
And regardless of how much they're going to pay Taysom Hill, they seem reluctant to start him at quarterback. Yeah, they're reluctantly crouched at the starting line. Yes, their engines are um, pumping and jumping in time. I, I don't remember. It was, it I need was... the I need the beat behind me to sing along. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, at running back, you got Adrian Peterson, who is fifty-seven percent owned. Jeremy Jeremy McNichols, forty-four percent owned. Those guys go together because they're on Tennessee, and we both like Deonta Foreman. Well, it's not even about liking him. He he looked better as a replacement for Derrick Henry. Right. And what we will, like him more than these two. I'm pretty sure what will happen, no matter who wants anything to happen, is that we're going to have this trio of running backs. It's true. And so maybe you shouldn't and, own any of and them. And that always sucks. <laughs> but at least uh, Foreman has some promise going forward, some unknown potential maybe yet to be tapped. Yeah, so Peterson early down work, McNichols is getting a lot of passes, and Deontay Foreman looks like the big body that they uh, want to try to replace uh, um, uh, our guy with. But unfortunately for them, Derrick Henry is all three of those guys turned into one. Yes, and and then he has no foot at the moment. <laughs> That's not going to work out. Yeah. So Jamal Williams owned in sixty eight percent of leagues. I think he sat out last week. Um, he'll probably be back. But I, I, they they like the the they like Swift so damn much in that team. That Jamal Williams is awesome, uh, and he's just such a great guy to have on that team for the team. Yeah. Uh, for and, fantasy football. Uh, not not as much, but it's not it's not enough touches to mean anything. Naheem Hines, sixty seven percent, kind of the same case there. They love Taylor so much. Uh, his good game was inflated by you know broken plays by bad defense. So you don't need Hines on your team. Ronald Jones owned in fifty eight percent of leagues still. That is fifty eight percent of leagues where people aren't paying attention because Ronald Jones should have been dropped weeks ago. And Devontae Booker, we talked about him earlier. Um, his sort of last remaining value is this week, but they play Tampa Bay. There's probably no reason to start him this week, so you can just go, go ahead and get rid of him, in my opinion. I agree with you there, Dave. At wide receiver, Allen Robinson is owned in 83% of leagues still. We've talked about him on the drop cut list a few times, but since he's owned in 83% of leagues, I think that you're going to uh, need a reminder. <laughs> Jarvis Landry is owned in 81% of leagues. I don't like Jarvis Landry anymore for the Browns. Dave, you were kind of talking positively about him earlier. Do you agree or disagree with that cut? No, there's a reason why he should be on the cut list. But like I described earlier, in situations in which you're like doing bi-week fill-in on a three-wide receiver team and he's the last guy that you're putting in there, like he's, a, he's, a, he's currently a, a pick-up-and-play option. Uh, which means that he's a guy that exists uh, between like uh, 32 and 42 on the on the rankings. Yeah, I mean, his only double-digit point game this week, this year, came because he had a rushing touchdown in week one. We, we've discussed him at length anyway. Yeah. So uh, it, it's not necessarily a guy to drop, but the, the reason why he's on the cut list is because he hasn't done anything. So if you haven't done anything for me lately, then what, what good are you? Right. I don't expect him to completely turn it around at this point. Russell Gage owned in 45% of leagues. He is not really the go-to guy. In, you know, it seems like Olamide, Olamide Zacchaeus, right? I just know that... Um, Zacchaeus? It seemed to be pronounced in the way that I thought was wrong, but I heard more than one announcer pronounce it that way. So we'll just have to listen for it again on Thursday night, see what Joe Buck thinks of the pronunciation. Yeah, let's check out what Joe Buck thinks. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton owned in 54% of the leagues. He's not doing anything. 
He had one long catch this year. Michael which Pittman probably, Jr. Uh, accounts for half of his yards. Is now the wide receiver one in the Colts. Marvin Jones Jr. has been sort of relegated to uh, third or fourth target now on that team. Owned in 82% of leagues still. So, you know, these guys who are owning a lot of leagues, perhaps you can dangle them in trades uh, and see if people are still interested in salvaging those players. But personally, I, I don't see the need to keep them around if that's not the case, if you can't you get anything out of them. Yeah. And Brandon Ayuk, 77% of leagues in a week where the San Francisco excuse me, offense played very well. He still only got three catches for like 23 yards. So Ayuk is going to be a guy who flashes occasionally with a touchdown, uh, but Debo Samuel and George Kittle and whoever uh, is in at running back, generally Elijah Mitchell right now, is the focus of that offense, and Ayuk is a distant fourth option there. That's correct. Not I mean, he, worthy of seventy-seven percent ownership. He did have fifteen point seven points uh, uh, the previous week, which is why a lot of people picked him up uh, and acquired him from the wire. Fair uh, enough. He had seven targets in week eight, eight targets in week nine, and four targets in week ten. So what I'm looking for before dropping Ayuk is if his targets drop again and his fantasy performance drops again. <laughs> if he's able to actually pick that up, I would say he's more of a hot seat player. I, I I still think that he has every other week value possibly that kind of a wide receiver, uh, so I would I would back off a bit and say he's a uh, a hot seat guy and not a immediate drop. See what he can do against Jacksonville. Yeah, exactly. So the Jaguars giving up the tenth most points to opposing wide receivers. So it's certainly within the realm of possibility that he uh, picks him up and has a decent game. Personally, I just don't see it, but that's just one man's opinion. Uh, Kenny Galladay, 73% owned in leagues. Uh, the chaos going on for the New York Giants wide receiver position is nothing you want to mess with if it's a kind of blah guy like Galladay. You know, you could sort of go with Shepard because he's a PPR monster. You go with Tony because he uh, has huge, you know, big game potential. Looks like he could really be uh, a good wide receiver when healthy. Um, I, I think you avoid Slayton altogether now, and Kenny Galladay I, I haven't liked at any point this season for the most part. The only consistent receiver on the Giants is Sterling Shepard. Right, but he's not even consistently healthy. Well, the health has nothing to do with it, right? You have to take health out of the fantasy equation. Okay. But like our next one of the next guys we're going to talk about is Kadarius Toney, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's more of a function of the Giants' offense is just not worth you know, keeping these guys around. Well, I, I'm just saying that uh, uh, Kadarius Tony looks like a bell curve. His targets were two, three, nine, thirteen, three, five, one, uh, and the points in the last two games were three point four and zero point seven in standard leagues. Yeah, and in the last game he played, he got injured early in the game. Um, He's a future wide receiver for this team. He is not someone who's going to contribute tons of fantasy production for for fantasy teams uh in the next couple of games so i would have him as a hot seat guy there you instead go. that's all well it's brandon Ayuk and Kadarius tony in the battle to see which one gets cut first <laughs> and who's gonna win that battle cole beasley mm. <laughs> <laughs> we uh talked about cole beasley earlier how you like him is the biggest discrepancy of the week in the ecr category where you're minus 15 on cole beasley um that is certainly enough for me to say yep go ahead and cut him all right cut the bees and then we at tight end we've got zach Ertz owned in 75 percent of leagues now you know 
this is weird because I was looking at tight ends a little while ago, and Zach Ertz actually looked like a player I might pick up. This is a, this is a Kyler Murray and like an offensive scheme thing. Right. He had one decent game since he's got to the Cardinals, and that was the very first game. A lot of times we see people flash a little bit when they first get somewhere, and then they get in the routine, uh, or, or teams finally have a little bit of tape on them, and they can't do it anymore. Well, they acquired Zach Ertz to use him just like they were using uh, um, Max, Williams. Max Williams before that. And and I think the thing that, that really is concerning is that if you're a tight end that drops to the area of tight ends where you can be found in the waiver wire every other week, which is basically uh, 11 to 15, and, and that yeah. is uh, Dan Arnold and CJ uh, Uzoma and Tyler Conklin and Cole Komet and Evan Engram – that those guys are, you know, back and forth all the time on the waiver wire. And what that means is that in if you if you are not to keep Zach Ertz and you and you cut him and he has a good game, you'll never get him back ever again. Yeah. But if he has a if he has a bad game and doesn't do well for the rest of the season, uh, maybe there's a guy that you could have gotten off of the wire that is going to do well. It's just he's that that uh that back nexus of tight ends. And then the last guy on our cut list is Jared Cook. Uh, he is owned in 72% of fantasy leagues in on Flea Flicker. Um, you know, just one catch this week, two catches a couple of weeks ago. You know, he had a couple of good games in there, uh, weeks four and six. Uh, there's not been a lot going on for him. They play Pittsburgh and Denver, you know, tough defenses to play against right now. So I definitely don't like Jared Cook as one of the options. Yeah, he has to score a touchdown to matter, and he's only had one. Yes, that's that's well put. No, he has two. The only two weeks that he's mattered, he has two touchdowns. Okay, so uh, again, thank you everybody for listening to us. Uh, we are going to be live next Tuesday because of the holiday. We're going to go a little early next week. So we'll be on again at 9 o'clock, and we'll tweet out the information and stuff about the show. We do that every week, so make sure you follow us on Twitter. Subscribe to us on YouTube just to cut out all the middlemen if you don't like them. That way, whenever we schedule a broadcast on YouTube, you're going to be the first one to know. So um, thanks for listening. Check us out uh, on our website. Check us out on fantasy, or I'm sorry, on social media. And uh, review us, subscribe to us. Um, all those good things that you always hear at the end of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just filling in the blank there. I, I was waiting for you to play the music. I don't know what was, what the problem was there. Happy Wednesday, Jason. Yes, it's been a long, long week. And everybody drink five out there. And Cheers, get, everyone. Good luck in their matchups, and we'll see you next week.